Hi there, and welcome to Tending the Threshold, an eight-part podcast mini-series. I'm your host, Carmen Spaniola. These special edition episodes of the Numinous Podcast feature conversations with my fellow presenters at the Tending the Threshold Conference, an event happening in Ashland, Oregon, on May 26th and 27th, 2018. This extraordinary event is a gathering of change makers, bridge builders, and edge dwellers. It's about relationship, ritual, and revolution. It's an experience of radical togetherness, disruptive social change, and emergent creativity. There will be art, beauty, play, grief, gratitude, conflict, intimacy, and community. In other words, this is not the patriarchy's conventional conference. The container at this unconference will be held by a group of 10 co-facilitators from three countries and many walks of life. The group includes poet and spoken word artist Tanur Ali, conflict engagement and resolution practitioner Aftab Erfan, equity and inclusion consultant Desiree Attaway, clinical psychologist and author Bio Acoma Lafay, social entrepreneur Donnie McClurkin, artist and death doula Rachel Rice, educator, facilitator, and indigenous rights activist Aaron Ortega, videographer and artist Beck Stupak, therapist, ritualist, and conference founder Holly Truler, and myself, Carmen Spaniola. For new listeners, allow me to just briefly introduce myself. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, a somatic trauma resolution practitioner, and a wilderness guide. As of spring 2018, this show, The Numinous Podcast, has been around for four years and over 100 episodes. And occasionally, I'll do a mini-series focusing on a singular topic. Throughout this mini-series, I'll be hosting conversations with my co-facilitators, exploring the threshold upon which we find ourselves as humans living in these challenging times. I'm asking each guest how they see the threshold and why they feel drawn to gather with others in Ashland to tend the threshold. Erin Ortega is a Pacific Northwest native who has spent 25 years facilitating educational and experiential forums for the reclamation, preservation, and integration of Indigenous insights. Erin is one of the founding members of Inside Circle, which is the recent subject of an award-winning documentary called The Work, a film about the benefits of skilled confrontational inquiry for men within a maximum security prison. Aaron co-created cross-cultural rites of passage with Dallas Chief Eagle for the All Nations Training Center. Recently, he's been offering consultations, special one-day events, and a two-day movement course for women called Way of the Luminous Warrior. I connected with Aaron over the phone. He was at home in Southern Oregon. So, Erin, the event that we are co-facilitating in Ashland in May is called Tending the Threshold. Can you describe how you see the threshold upon which we stand as humans living in these times? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they that they named the event that, you know, uh, I've spent a, a good part of my a good part of my life as a as a teacher um, helping other organizations design rite of passage, um, helping to redefine what it is to have uh, initiation in our culture to kind of, you know, reclaim that um, for those that don't have it or to build a bridge to those people who, who uh, may not have that in their culture and bridge that to those uh, indigenous people um, here who, who do still have that in place. And one of the, one of the steps in the, in basically the four components of rite of passage or, or, you know, loosely termed sometimes initiation is, uh, you know, there's a, there's always trauma and imbalance that starts first with uh, a need for change. Uh, the second step would be severance. And then the third step being threshold, which is at the, is at the, either we could call it the peak or, or, or the descent of, of uh, a rite of passage and then coming up and out of that then a way of having some kind of empowerment and integration and i think we're uh, as a culture we're as a culture human species anyway we're at that place of severance right now mm. and so prior to this threshold is is uh, uh is where i i'm perceiving that we're at through through the work that i've been doing for years and and it, with that observation i'm thrilled that they've named the the event um, tending the threshold mm. how do you see what we're leaving and the imbalance that that is precipitating the the need to sever yeah i you know, I, I don't think that there's anybody that would disagree that there's uh you know imbalance or 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 trauma and of course usually when i'm doing that uh we're implying those things or observing those things it's in the individual themselves mm -hmm. as I'm working with people but as as a species I'm I know that most people would agree that there's been trauma and imbalance going going on the the, the severance part is what's uh, um, important right now for people to do their own kind of uh, you know it's a way of doing their own inventory you know if someone's going to take on a rite of passage or a vision quest they're going to end up approaching all of their uh, their family their support systems and some of their belief systems, and they're going to uh, approach those things in a ritualistic, um, kind of formal, very seriously intended manner, and they're going to say goodbye to those things before they head out on the rest of their journey. Mm -hmm. And that kind of severance is really important right now uh, for all of us as a species, uh, or people who are in different uh, races or cultures or or lands or nations or tribes, whatever their, wherever their place may be in relation to someone else and saying, you know, saying goodbye to some uh, belief systems and especially those that have been um, created and used for manipulation are, are really important. And it's risky business for people to let go of some of these long held belief systems that let's face it. So a lot of people have seen behind the curtains now on a lot of the uh, uh, religio political um, um, marriage of those things and, and the amount of manipulating that's been done to keep people feeling uh, and, and judging each other separate, um, eradicating critical thinking along with a lot of other things that colonization has eradicated. So mm. turning, turning to say goodbye to those things that provide some kind of a stability or comfort, uh, whether those things have been imposed on us or not, they're tough to let go of. So mm. that's just one of the things at the top of the list that we have to do as a culture uh, or, or species to to move forward.
Mm-hmm. What you're talking about sounds like a precursor or an early step in rehabilitation. Can you talk a bit about your work rehabilitating education? Yeah, the the education that we have in place now, the education that I that I went through, the education that that continues to to prevail is basically that K through 12 and 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 then higher learning, you know, uh, college type learning and most of that is still what well, and I think any of us who have been through that, that that system even at its highest levels would 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 agree that it's mostly regurgitated information. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's information that keeps uh, perpetuating old old uh, stories that were um, that were based on a lot of misinformation and disinformation still today. A lot of that's still being propagated. So to to take a different perspective on 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 education, even even to say, well, let's let's first teach people how to be human beings. I mean, still you can just pick up any any periodical type of of uh, publication and people are still learning how to eat and learning how to exercise. It's like, okay, we've been around for a long time, you know, it's been thousands of years. And so this ain't our first rodeo here. Let's, we're still looking at how to do these things and, you know, how, how to, uh, you know, teaching our children something about uh, what to do with emotional content, you know, the simple things, the human being stuff, the natural stuff that uh, many people in our culture are now trying to, turn around and scratch and claw their way back to doing what's just natural for them. So to have an educational system that is looking more at uh, uh, helping human beings look at what is their thought, feeling, and action process uh, and, and, and looking at what we still call the human condition, you know, those, some of those things are really important to, to learn, you know, and then things about our environment, which, you know, don't, don't come until, um, much later on uh, in someone's ed- education after then, you, you know, then they specialize in that after college, they finally put their hands in the dirt or go off on, on an adventure that's outside of their country or outside of their comfort zone to, uh, to learn a little bit more about uh, life in general on the planet and life with other human beings and experiencing other cultures and languages and so on. So th- those are the things that uh, have been, I think, almost kept from us by, you know, uh, almost enforcing a 14-year-old, a 14-year education that's uh, based on regurgitated information. Mm-hmm. I can hear a lot of parallels between your work in rehabilitating education uh, and also in developing rites of passage. I'm curious, how do you see that maturation process or how do you see those skills as being part of the maturation process that might help us navigate as humans from different backgrounds different cultures start to cooperate on these large-scale dilemmas i mean even if you just look at the education system in north america k-12 if we wanted to dismantle or rebuild or that sort of thing what role would you say rites of passage or that skill being able to do that as a human and become more fully human? What does it play in helping us be able to be together in these large conflict situations? Yeah, you know, some of some of the work that I've that I've that I've been involved in 
has been uh, one of them in particular was the, uh, a program that uh, some friends of mine and I started in Folsom Prison uh, for for um, uh, convicts who were in a maximum security in a maximum security facility serving a life sentence, most of them, and they wanted to um, get finally beyond the the gang politics of inside prison. And of course, these places are 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 run on the threat of violence all the time, both from the people who who run the prison and then uh, the people who are 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 living there. And you know, the, at some point in in someone's development and making that place their their life, their house, there there was this yearning for them to want to, and not for all of them, but just for there was a a handful of leaders inside who who wanted to uh, have a place where they could get to, where they could drop the politics and they could drop anything religious and anything that was based on the gang affiliation. So their social structure or their social um, um, loyalties uh, for those societies that they had there, their politicizing, the tendency to politicize things and the, the potential to uh, start to pull in t uh, to religion and faith and other things, um, they had to drop those things in order to get to share with each other their humanness, you know, what, what it was like to grieve, what it was like to fully uh, be enraged about something without there being any uh, um, uh, violent activity between them so that no one got hurt. There was uh, um, the capacity there to feel... Uh, joy without being perceived as as weak or silly, mm -hmm. uh, and there was a chance for them to honor the fact that they might be living from a place of of fear and what that would be like as a, other and, and they would all witness this work that they would have to do with each other, which was very uh, risky in in a place like that. Mm -hmm. And and what it did was promote um, a, uh, a a realness. Uh, in witnessing each other's humanness that allowed them to go forward and share more of who they really are uh, in that system. Uh, and that exuded from them out to uh, the rest of the, uh, I would say, the, the rest of the public sector there inside the prison. And, and men would be so curious as to why, why you know, a man was um, so... Um, empowered and, and seemed to walk a little more free uh, within himself. Um, but the, but that's the, those are the components that needed to happen in order to, for them to get to that place where they could uh, truly put the being back into being a human being. Mm -hmm. And the first thing was they had to depoliticize, they had to uh, drop the, 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 the religion uh, um, based uh, um, things that they were clinging to in order to uh, kind of let go and fall upwards, if you will. You know, they figured, okay, it's very risky to do, but when they when they did let go, they fell upwards. The, the, that kind of severance, you know, from from those things are, are are serious components to being able to truly do that kind of work in an authentic way to really make change in an authentic way. Mm hmm. Well, you brought up two things that I find very interesting. One is needing to release the zealotry, you know, whether that's religious or some kind of identity or, you know, it's like that 
we need to lay that down for a bit. But the other piece mm -hmm. is witness. So to to not only allow yourself to be vulnerable and and be witnessed, but to be sort of spiritually employed in witnessing someone else and recognize that that's sort of purposeful. And I can imagine, I, I know it, um, when I am witnessing someone else have some kind of uh, healing or some kind of opening, it's like my mirror neurons can't help it. They, they, they just, you know, orient towards that. And it's very healthy, I think, for all of us to see that. So I, I really appreciate that aspect. I'm curious, what makes you feel compelled or drawn to participate in the Tending the Threshold event? I think that there's those of us that have already been uh, doing this this kind of uh, of work who maybe we've been facilitating it for a long time, but just remembering that there were there were uh, times and places or events or certain people that I was able to to uh, to sit with or to learn from or to uh, witness their work or them witness mine and and uh, and so many people now in in cultures all around the the world have have sort of like seen behind the curtains you know mm -hmm. they've they've uh um they're more aware of of uh disinformation or being miseducated or diseducated and that they they know they realize that there's something more or something different or 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 that there's those certain things that are working in their lives and certain things that aren't and i think those those kinds of people are the ones who are drawn to to um, to these kind of events, and and there are people right now that really want to do something. You know, there's there's a there's a lot of people that are attracted to the to the do uh, to the do list now after uh, um, awareness. You know, mm -hmm. terms like woke get thrown around a lot. You know, mostly by people who are um, kind of you know fish hook walking down the street. You know, running into lampposts while looking at their cell phones. You know, and and to actually have an awareness that's 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 coupled with some kind of uh, action in in their lives that they're taking, whether that's just improving their their position and their own connectedness with their heart and their mind, or whether they're getting involved in some kind of you know what what might look like uh, activism or some kind of indirect or direct nonviolent kind of action to make change. And um, you know, I, there's people there that all want to remind each other that that we're that we're living in some some pretty great times both with the quantities of dark and light going on at the same time and and that this isn't our first rodeo as a species it's about to go through uh more or less this the species is going through a rite of uh, passage as, as well as we can experience that as individuals and you know in most native cultures we talk about earth is going through her uh her time too she's going to be going through her time and and we've endured that we've endured uh, you know, human beings have endured uh, evil leadership and galactic influence catastrophes, and and um, we've we've come out the other end. And so, you know, this isn't really a, a rehearsal. This isn't uh, uh, gloom and doom type information. It's not um, all out in the ethers either. I think it's well grounded with a lot of the speakers that are going to be there, especially with the format that that um, tending the threshold is intending to have, and that's something that's uh, interactive. Mm -hmm. you know, people aren't just going to sit and listen or sit and read something, you know, that's enlightening or increasing their awareness. There's actually something about doing something about it right now. And that, that fits with the, 
urgency and and it fits with the current that's that's flowing in this river that's really wide and deep and fast right now mm-hmm. well i'm really excited to gather and um practice you know start doing the being together with you when we uh connect in ashland in may thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today aaron yeah, I'm really excited that's coming up in May, especially for something that's right here local in my own hometown. And and um, looking, I'm looking forward to the interactions that that are going to happen more than anything. You know, a talented panel of of, uh, of people being present with each speaker, and then who knows what Sunday is going to hold for those people who are uh, willing to attend. And I've already have like a pre thank you going out to anybody who's going to be uh, attending that conference. Mm. Thanks so much, Aaron. Thank you. To find out more about Tending the Threshold and to purchase live or live stream tickets, go to tendingthethreshold.com. And please don't let money be a barrier. Organizers have a solidarity fund that sponsors people with marginalized identities and less financial privilege. If you have need and would like to attend, reach out to tendingthethreshold at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us.